Podcast episode one. Hi, everyone. Welcome to TBI Talks Tech. I'm Eric Hill, sales trainer here, and along with me is Dave Polakowski, operations trainer here at TBI, and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Verizon. Verizon is excited to collaborate with our new and existing TBI members to offer the opportunity to sell a blended portfolio of Verizon Wireline and wireless business solutions. Absolutely, Dave. And with over 25 million small business customer prospects, Verizon has tremendous opportunity to leverage and scale the expertise of the channel to really meet customers where they want to buy. That's right, Eric. Verizon is delivering the promise of a digital world by enabling people and businesses to innovate. Verizon serves 99% of Fortune 500 customers, delivering business solutions over the most awarded network in the country. Well, forget about the country, Dave. Verizon was the first in the world to provide a commercial 5G service and the first in the world to launch a commercial 5G mobile network with a commercially available 5G smartphone. Have you heard about 5G? Verizon has deployed 5G in 15 U.S. markets, and they plan to deploy 5G in more than 30 U.S. markets by the end of 2019. Well, speaking of 5G, Eric, 5G is a transformational change from 4G. 5G will provide faster data speeds and carry a massive amount of data for a larger number of simultaneous users. So users in high-density areas like airports, stadiums, or even urban areas can still experience the faster speeds and low latency of 5G service. Latency could eventually be less than 10 milliseconds, many times faster than the blink of an eye. I blink my eyes pretty fast, Dave. I don't know. That's right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now that that's out of the way, yeah, first podcast, everyone. We're really excited to be here. Verizon Wireless, obviously our sponsor. They're in most of the mobility deals that I see come across my desk Mm -hmm. with agents that I'm partnered with. But obviously, we're going to get into mobility today, guys. But overall, theme of the podcast, if you're in channel sales, if you're out there talking to customers, if you're looking at new technologies, what's going to keep you ahead of the curve, Uh, how are you going to beat out the competition, get in there with something they haven't quite messaged yet, we've got something in store for you. Absolutely. And, you know, it's really getting into what the future is going to bring. And as we all know with the channel and even just technology in general, that's changing at a very rapid pace. So um, our goal is basically just to start start a dialogue about where the channel's going, what are some new markets and some new Uh, products we can kind of transition into uh, selling for our partners. And you guys on the agent side hear from TBI all the time, right? You get our marketing material. Hopefully you're talking to your CM. If you haven't engaged with TBI training, I would encourage you to. But a lot of our expertise and our knowledge, some of it's tribal, right? It's hard to put that stuff down on a PDF and a piece of paper and get it out to people because how much attention are you you folks really going to pay to it anyway. So we thought we'd just kick it off with some TBI insider knowledge on the gotchas and the ahas around selling mobility. So something comes up consistently in some of the partner trainings I do, we earn residuals, guys, on data-only devices. Data-only tablets, hotspots, modems, cradle points, satellite, those are all examples. All smartphone plans are going to be one-time payouts. doesn't matter what carrier you're talking about, but we'll talk to your CM for a wireless commission guide. Um, you know, if I were to throw that in the podcast, we'd, we'd go on and on for even longer than we're already going to. Uh, but right. I can't, can't tell you the high level, like when you're upgrading existing customers, Verizon is going to give you a one-time commission of 150 per smartphone. AT&T only pays 40 per device. So upgrading existing customers, Verizon, 
going to be the better compensation mm -hmm. for new lines and service plans, though, Dave, on unlimited data smartphones, AT&T AT &T comp, it's going to be just a little bit higher. Um, but AT&T right now is the only mobile network operator who's going to pay comp on mobile device management. If you all don't know what mobile device management is, we've got a training that's launching on the university here pretty shortly um, that'll get into some of the specifics, the acronyms around mobile device management and enterprise mobility management. But as of August 2019, Verizon Wireless doesn't pay on it now. I'm, I'm sure they will. Um, but as of today, they don't. And AT&T right now is the only one who's paying on mobile security as well. Uh, Metel, a uh, third-party provider in our portfolio, doesn't mm -hmm. own network. They're an aggregator. They right. do pay a residual on mobile device management, but they're also doing wholesale. So they can set their pricing a little bit more. Uh, of note, also, and depends on the customer, but Metel is going to be one generation behind on devices. So for the customer who wants this year's newest iPhone, Metel probably not going to be the best gotcha. fit. Okay. Um, when it comes to wireless backup, we need to know, and this is a common fit pitfall, but for wireless backup, we need to know what kind of device is going to be used. Where are we going to drop in the card? Is it a, a cradle point? Is it a Verizon Jetpack solution? That stuff matters because every wireless device is assigned in international mobility equipment. IMEI number. So those IMEIs are necessary when we're providing service to customer-owned devices. So in a BYOD type environment, Verizon calls it CPAO, customer purchased and owned, interchangeable, they're synonyms. Um, but we need those IMEIs when we're providing SIM cards. So you can, you can get the IMEI number on pretty much any smartphone by dialing star pound 06 pound. They're also going to be on the devices themselves. And typically, you're not going to really even need to press a call or send button. Um, the number's just going to appear when you finish dialing the code. On the router, it's going to be on um, the hardware itself. Okay. But again, getting that equipment, it's a big sticking point for our team. Mm -hmm. um, and if, if you're not providing that on the front end, well, it's, it's going to draw out the sales cycle. Right. Um, additionally, I mentioned this in the mobility training. I, I encourage you again to all go to the University of TBI and check that out, but the channel can't do E911 on the mobility side. Uh, and then government education going to be really tough to access. Okay. Uh, and then just to manage expectations as well on the contract side when it comes time to sign, anything Verizon, T-Mobile, or AT&T are issuing, it's all going to be DocuSign, and then AT&T is a, a link. So all mobility contracts are going to be electronic. All right. Thanks, Eric. So um, that's definitely some good information to know about mobility. Um, a lot of those things are kind of just little things that partners and, and people in the industry may not necessarily know about. So definitely good to know. Um, if you want um, some more information on mobility, we definitely have um, some information on that on the University of TBI. And as well, we always have some more content coming up on there. So it's definitely a good place to check in on for any of your training needs, basically. And Eric, speaking of needs, have you, have you heard of 5G? I don't know, Dave. Why don't you tell me about well, it? Well, I'll tell you a little more about 5G, Eric. So Verizon continues to lead on 5G innovation with five 5G labs across the country where Verizon partners with universities, startups, and established companies to co-create 5G concepts. It seems to me like Verizon's really committed to serving businesses with solutions that are going to be built and customized to help them enhance productivity and improve business outcomes. We've got numbers out there from recent studies that find 64% of small to medium businesses indicated that technology is going to be a primary factor 
pursuing their business objectives. So SMB, not too small, guys. You know, by 2021, there's going to be 25 billion IoT devices globally connected. That's a lot of things out there connected to the internet wirelessly. Yeah, 25 billion. Yeah, that's a it's a few few devices out there. Uh, so, and speaking of those devices, among them are 4G, boo, and 5G, yay! Enabled smartphones, tablets, hotspots, and wearables. Wireless routers for primary backup connectivity and even Verizon OneTalk, which is a VoIP solution that integrates with mobile, offering flexibility to small and medium businesses to bring the capability of their office phones wherever their employees need to be. I use Verizon, guys. When you choose Verizon, you're going to get the support you need to back you up. The VZ Mobility team is dedicated to helping you craft the right solution for your clients' needs. So reach out to them. Reach out to TBI. You're going to be happy you did. And Eric, we could talk about Verizon all day. Right, um, they definitely, as you mentioned uh, in your mobility, they're they're definitely a player in that arena. Um, but let's also talk about a little bit more of our portfolio, I guess. So, so Eric, I'm an operations trainer here, and you hopefully know that. Uh, so what <laughs> I've I sat by you for two years. By, so now, I know, by now, I, I hope so. Well, it. pick something up by now. For all of the, those of you out there like Eric that don't really know what I do, <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of what I do is training our new hires in the operations department, those people that get our pricing and our contracts, um, and do so much more, of course. But also... Um, involved in the onboarding process with some of our new carriers. So for those that don't know, TBI has a vendor portfolio that's well over 100 carriers now. So I just want to take some time to kind of highlight some of the new carriers that we brought on recently. So one of them is uh, CyberHat. And CyberHat, what they specialize in is Security Operations Center, Mm. right? So they offer SOCs, right? Right. Correct. SMB, mid-market, enterprise? Well, I'm glad you asked, Eric, because actually they can provide essentially SMB through up into the enterprise space. So they actually have three different flavors that they work with. And since CyberHat's working with MSPs um, that work with SMBs, they actually have um, the ability to manage that infrastructure. So other than the security operations center, what else are they doing for customers? So um, customers that are already managing an SLC will need assistance after an incident, right? And CyberHack mm-hmm. can actually provide extensive and contextual meaning behind their attack, mm. right? So it'll give you a little bit more information on that. Right? Additional color context is always good. Right. And as we, we kind of have spoken you know, offline about this a few times that we're kind of getting into these more niche security carriers mm-hmm. instead of kind of relying on those network carriers for mm-hmm. our security. So we're mm-hmm. kind of getting a little more specialized in our portfolio. So um, to continue with that trend, um, Intervision, um, also um, in the security realm, what they specialize in is basically managed security. Right? Managed security? I mean, everybody does. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Everybody likes to think they do. So like, what are the, their managed security offering? What's it include? Oh, Eric, I will tell you. So th- they got your managed firewall. They got your vulnerability <laughs> scanning. Malware protection, also got it. Security awareness training, you betcha. Threat analysis, reactive response, all of it. So they have a lot of different things, basically, that they're uh, going to do for your security. Sounds like an auction. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So why, I mean, you hit on it right there. You know, we're adding these security providers to the portfolio to supplement some of what the traditional network carriers can offer on the security front. Mm -hmm. Why would a customer or... In our world, why would an agent right. go to Intervision versus using a customer's you know, traditional carrier security R- services? Right, and that's a great question. So, you know, the one thing 
off the top is, you know, extreme high customer satisfaction. So that's not only, you know, ease of use for our partners, but also that's going to give their end user the best possible customer experience and not have too many, you know, incidents, I guess, with the installer just kind of getting those services. Also, Intervision offers a boutique cybersecurity value, so they're a little bit more specified. And uh, other than their security offerings, they actually also offer uh, DRAS. And their DRAS is routinely rated high by third-party research films for their ability to deliver hot, warm, and cold restore and response thresholds for clients. Okay. Well, sounds like like at least put them in a conversation with my customer, right? Absolutely. Who else you got for us? All right. So the last one I want to talk about is New Tech Logics. And New Tech Logics, their focus is penetration testing, right? Which we know is, as they say, the gateway drug for security, right? It kind of exposes and lets us know where the, the customer's weaknesses are and where their security can kind of be beefed up, right? Yeah. And I feel like, you know, you've, you've got pen testing from one provider. What's the difference, you know, if I use another isn't it just all penetration testing i'd say generally yeah i mean a, a, a pen test is a pen test but what makes new tech logics a little bit different is they're actually white hat hackers essentially oh, cool. so instead of just penetration testing they're hacking but you know with a heart of gold eric they're not actually trying to steal <laughs> they're not actually trying to steal your stuff but they're basically pretending to be a bad hacker even though they're good hackers and so they're ba- basically attacking your company's securities and seeing where those vulnerabilities are and because they're the people that are you know fake perpetrating this, mm. they can kind of tell you, okay, here's what I did. Um, you know, here's how I got access to this. Here's where we can beef up, you know, this part of your security and, and kind of give you a little bit more protection. So like I said, hacking with a heart of gold. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's cool stuff, right? Yeah. Um, absolutely. It's, it's good. We're adding to the portfolio. We're always changing based on agent demand. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's a work in progress, but we're excited about some of those new additions to the portfolio to you know, stop gap offerings and make what you're taking to customers a little bit more unique than some of the others out there. So we sat down with the president of TBI, Jeff Shepstone, for an interview to talk about the channel a little bit and to talk about mobility. And uh, here is that interview right now for you. Let's start from the beginning. Jeff, what was wireless technology like in 1991 when you opened our doors? Master agents back then would have one vendor and an agent would go to uh, that particular master agent to access a one vendor. And TBI was the first master agent to really broaden beyond and and TBI, the telecom brokerage. You can't be a brokerage with one vendor. We were the first ones to really adopt multiple vendors. And specific to wireless, it was mainly being sold through like retail. And there were agents, almost like franchises, that would have kiosks in in malls and you know that that was a, a channel but it was very difficult it was a very different business from from ours connectivity it was mostly residential it was very hard to make money it, it was uh, more upfront more transactional whereas our business is is residual and more consultative so there weren't a lot of people there weren't a lot of businesses like TBI that were doing um, wireless back in in 91 they were very disparate business models and i think we're still seeing some of that in the channel today as far as margins catching up to what we're able to do for end customers i mean how do you see the channel and continuing to trend toward a wireless world and providers giving us more access there 
So wireless is, is compelling now for a number of different reasons. One, it's a great door opener for big accounts because wireless is still seen uh, as one of the biggest pain points for uh, businesses, meaning there's still a lot of uh, disorganization within the businesses, different assets and, and uh, you know, geographic. Uh, some wireless providers are better in other areas, you know, geographically. So if they're a nationwide company, they, they need all the different, you know, major providers. Although Verizon, in my opinion, does have an outstanding network that, that if, if someone had to pick just one, that would be most commonly the, the one that they pick if it's going to be um, one vendor across the, the whole country. So you touched on something that was, um, you know, the agents, right? So, um, you know, you're out and about um, at advisory councils and just out in the field. Um, when you meet with agents, uh, what matters the most to them? Uh, I think that everybody's keenly aware of the, the change in, in the marketplace from, you know, legacy network connectivity, POTS lines, if you will, even uh, going to the cloud. Um, so that's probably the biggest, that, that sort of a transition we identified that years ago, and and that's why we you know stood up a uh, I think the industry's best training department. Uh, what do we have like five or six people in our training department now? It's it's about up to that. We each have our own specializations, but yeah, we're about half a dozen strong now. So that was really designed to make the pivot to uh, to the cloud. I don't know that we've done as good a job of you know puffery, if you will, of telling people. Uh, we're, we're the, rather than showing people, uh, so we're getting better at marketing the fact that we're the. You know, I've been told multiple times by vendors and agents that, particularly agents that have come from other masters, that we're the best kept secret. Which means we've done a bad job of marketing our message. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, moving in that direction now, letting people know the just the t- the tools that we have. I, I did a uh, what we call a VIP day for a regional master from the east coast the other day and they were they were blown away by the you know tools that we have the resources the by that i mean um you know net suites in ops you know um some of the offerings that we have in different departments uh from training to marketing all the all the even hr and finance so and i know we've made a lot of changes for the better over the last few years mm-hmm. I recall we had a town hall several months ago. You had mentioned some up-and-coming resources that we're going to be employing to, to further help move agents up market. Absolutely. Consistent with our real focus and putting a lot of resources behind cloud next-gen product, we've hired the first of uh, six subject matter experts, and I'm very excited for this particular individual. He's... Um, He's young, local, super wide and deep technologically. So we're we're planning on three this year and three next year. And for all the agents out there who have working relationships with our solution engineers, Joe Pfizer and Zank Rankert, talk to us just a little bit about the difference between the engineers we already have and these subject matter experts that we're bringing on. Yeah, I don't know if there's that big of a difference other than that Traditionally, we, uh, you know, what we asked of our uh, sales engineers was to kind of they were they were really deep in our traditional space network, and and they're excellent in that space. But they've also really come a long way to uh, broaden their knowledge of the cloud. They don't necessarily have, you know, they're they're sort of a um, 
a, a master of network and then broad beyond that. Mm-hmm. So what we're looking at now is bringing in masters of the cloud, UCAS, um, security, those kinds of areas where they're they're as deep in, uh, say, security as our sales engineers are in mm-hmm. network. Cool. So, you know, they're, they're all sales resources. Uh, they're all able to work with agents and and the agents customers to add value and and uh, you know bring in the business if you will just the the new SMEs are in you know more of a the cloudy space it'll be complementary to to some of the expertise we already have absolutely as we continue this trend towards wireless jeff uh, how will the channel specifically continue to evolve well certainly traditional mobility is being dressed by a lot of our agents and and we've got exciting relationships we were the first and there for a while uh maybe uh the only master that was getting residual in verizon where that that was really exciting i think that the atem application for large accounts seems to be very successful way to to get in and add value and customers and then and then eventually go after the traditional uh, network side and ultimately cloud. I think another new area is, uh, you know, IoT. Uh, We've been hearing about that for a long, long time. And, you know, the wireless side of uh, IoT is going to be uh, a, a big area. It's it's everything. I, I, I believe in everything takes twice as long as you think it will. So um, it, we've been talking about IoT for years and years, and even uh, you know new applications for mobility and and things are starting to to gel or or actually come to market there more now. And we've seen UCAS sales increase, but in 2019, moving into 2020, it seems like UCAS is being commoditized. Prices are being driven down there. SD-WAN adoption has picked up. Is IoT really where you see agents eking out a competitive advantage, or where do you see the next window of opportunity to start messaging a technology or solution that the competition just isn't bringing to the end users yet? The agents that really focus on IoT, of course, are the ones that are most effective. You know, we have great resources in our training department, uh, sales resources that can kind of help bridge the the gap. So for the agents that haven't put the time into really embracing the IoT, you know, we have a lot of resources that can enable them to still be effective. I guess what they need to know is the uh, questions to ask, not mm-hmm. be afraid to talk to the customer about it, ask the questions, and then uh, bring in a resource from, from TVI that will bring in additional resources from the right vendors. So anybody can do it, but um, as far as IoT specifically, there are some agents that have really been early adopters and, and put the time and, and resources behind incorporating it into their product mix, and those seem to be the ones with mm-hmm. the with the you know, best uh, funnel at this point. All right. So that was our interview with Jeff Shepstone. You can look forward to in a future episode, the second half of that interview. Yeah. Always great to hear from Jeff. Absolutely. Yes. Jeff's always talking about change in the channel. There's always change going on Mm -hmm. at TBI. One of the things we didn't get to talk with Jeff about was the recent move TBI made over the summer. What was it, Dave? Our third office move? 
Oh, at least a, th- a third or fourth. We've had a we've had over a few over locations. a number of years, right? Not that's like right. four moves in four years. Right, right, uh, right. But first, we, we don't move annually. That's correct. We try to stay in the same spot. <laughs> first office move I've ever been right. a part of. So that was a little unique. I think Dave's been around for for a few of those. Oh, I'm a I'm a savvy vet, Eric. I've I've been to through two of these moves actually. Uh, yeah. Um, so so yeah. I've been around a little while. And you know. I, Rather than, yeah, I think people are like, ah, where'd my chair go? I don't have the same chair. I don't have as much elbow room on my desk. You know, Dave and I were like, there's got to be something here, you know, other than just our belly aching. <laughs> right. That we could communicate to agents as far as what we got out of the move from a, a technology perspective and from a planning perspective, right? So often. Yeah, absolutely. So often I talk to agents and, you know, Dave said his role, you know, trains our operations team, Mm -hmm. onboards our vendors. Well, I'm on the other side of the house. I'm specific to agents and technology trainings and making sure agents are really um, using TBI to to the fullest extent to create additional opportunity, more margin, this, that, the other. Uh, But all the time I talk to agents and like, hey, I've got a customer who's going through a move. And so we thought, well, what does that look like for TBI? Are there any best practices that we can communicate to agents that they can take away to roll into those some, some of those customer conversations. Right, and that's, you know, this is something that our a lot of our end users are going to be experiencing, right? When we talk about, you know, servicing new locations, you know, I, I think, at least in my perspective, I sometimes kind of forget that that's actually someone that's moving, you know, mm-hmm. and actually has to go through some of this process. So, you know, it was really interesting to kind of dissect and go through the move and really take a really focused look at it. Mm -hmm. I was just impressed how much planning they put into it. I mean, our director of information systems made sure that we spent a minimum four weeks just planning the move. So Mm -hmm. there weren't so many surprises. There were still surprises, but just so you guys know, there were 250 employees. We had, you know, those 250 employees distributed over eight by eight and Shortel. I was on the Shortel system and I had a client on my desktop to where if I was remote, I could I could use that client to kind of daisy chain calls together, but it, it wasn't like a UCAS solution. It, right. It wasn't all that slick. So I'm on eight by eight now. So I'm a happy camper. But we had to have all the employees with their numbers. You guys know that for the ports, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and we had to have that all documented as well before we kicked off the migration. So it wasn't like you know midstream we're trying to to update numbers or ports with the provider. We had all those ducks in a row before we we started the migration. But things like ring groups, auto attendance, all of that was thought out in advance. So we could just kind of run down the list, did check boxes and keep moving. Right. And that was something that Joel really emphasized was the the planning and getting ahead of this sort of thing, right? And mm-hmm. You know, speaking anecdotally, being through two moves and comparing kind of this move to the one before it, um, I definitely say that this time the transition was much smoother, a lot less interruptions in service as far as kind of like the phone stuff you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that is from kind of the planning aspect. And that was one thing Joel mentioned was the most important thing or one of the more important things is just to get ahead of this and make sure you're kind of going through all of this little stuff that, I mean, you know, you're talking about a lot of different things that it's really easy to kind of forget, oh, we didn't update this and mm-hmm. then kind of have to do things on the fly. So having a meeting and really prepping all this stuff before we even try to physically do anything, I think was a huge, mm-hmm. a huge uh, help. 
Thanks a lot again to Verizon Wireless for the sponsorship. We look forward to doing more of these with Verizon, with the rest of our vendors. It's really exciting for me and Dave to be in the studio. We love working with Jim. More of these to come on everything from juggling, circus clowns, magic with a K. Come on down to TBI Talks Tech. That's right. For Eric Hills, I'm Dave Polakowski. This has been TBI Talks Tech, so make sure to keep us in your line of sight. I like it.